You're listening to And you're listening to the Collabcasty podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. Meet you in the afternoon. Don't worry, I could come to you. Meet you at the Bedford store. Won't matter what you say. Only need to see your face and know what you're going And hey everyone, welcome to episode 175 of the Collabcast. It what? is Friday, July the 27th. 27th, yeah. That is yes, today. That is 2018. <laughs> My name is Marvin Yue. I'm Minji Chang. And we are your hosts for this weekly look into pop culture from an Asian American lens. Yeah, we are. Uh, welcome back from Comic Con. I'm so tired. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I recovered because I did nothing on Monday. So, which was which was nice. That's I, a proper recovery. I did some emails here and there. And I was going to say you probably still did work, <laughs> but it was all from bed. He's obsessed, people. We need to have an intervention. <laughs> um, yeah, this week we have a very special guest with us. You may have seen her on HBO's Insecure. Um, yes. Those of you who are OG fans might know her from the predecessor, Awkward Black Girl. Uh, Sujata Day, welcome to the Collabcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Welcome. Oh, she is also the 2019 spokesperson for the HBO APA Visionaries, APA Visionaries short film competition. It's a lot of words. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of words. And you handle it so well. I saw your <laughs> promo video. I was like, yes. That was so, so fun. Du jour. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to the show. Thank thanks you for, for joining having us. Me. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is, I, don't, I know we don't like talking about weather, but it is so hot outside. It's freaking hot. It's so hot. I live in the valley, and yes, uh, me too. We just have an air conditioner in the living room that probably goes out about five meters of air. So, <laughs> oh no. Um, so do you just like park right there and stay? Yeah, I've been. I've that's where I've been reading my comic books. That's pretty much. That's pretty much. Yeah, where but we. I've been. My house has. Well, my house was built before central air was a thing, so all the vents are on the ground for some reason. Ah. Uh. So the the house like you you need a network of fans to supplement the AC to make the house cool. But you do have central AC. We do kind of. Well, then that's that's yeah. great. Um, but it doesn't like cool the house optimally. So I just park myself. You have to finagle something, too. engineer something, Mark. Yeah. YouTube DIY that. My house was built before they realized that vents should go up on in the ceiling. Mm. Like there we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm retro. Anyways, thank you for get, getting through the heat to be here with us from the valley. Because <laughs> I mean, my car is way cooler. Oh, okay, than my you're apartment, like, <laughs> so I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we like to start off our episode uh, asking our guests what they're into in the world of pop culture. Well, right now, I I mentioned comic books. I'm newly into comic books. This is probably the past like four to five months. Yeah. I, um, I went to Comic-Con for the first time. I was on a panel called The Pitching Hour with a bunch of my friends that work on Arrow, and they work at DC. And um, we didn't really talk much about pitching, but we just talked about our experiences uh, creating our own work and putting it out there. And so they introduced me to a bunch of comic books. Nice. And so I've been reading Shade and I'm reading Transmetropolitan right now, Kill Your Boyfriend, um, some of the popular ones like <laughs> Runaways and right. uh, Paper Girls. Uh, See, none of these are registering with me, but probably all with him. 
I, I recognize a couple. Uh, I've I've been really into Monstrous lately, which oh, is oh that that comic people have been like telling me to read. Yeah. So the author or the writer uh, Marjorie Liu just became the first woman to ever win the Best Writer Award at the Eisner's. That's this past amazing. Weekend. Hey, yeah. that's really amazing. Get yeah. it, Marjorie. Yes. I like that name too. It's very classic. <laughs> it's very distinguished. It's great. Yeah, you check it out. It's it's basically a it's like a dark fantasy taking place in alternate history Asia with like Asian folklore. That's like, super. Are you dope. covering that in Books and Boba? We uh the book club. It, it was one of our first picks actually <laughs> a couple years ago. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I think that like that's totally relevant. I've never I don't think I've ever finished a comic book before. I will say that I initially was uh rejected comics because I felt like <laughs> I I just didn't want to read like about Superman or Spider-Man. Me or, too, Loki. You know? Okay. And so when I was introduced to comic books, my friends were aware of this, so they specifically gave me stuff that was. Uh, There's a lot of like non superhero comics. Yes, that yes. are really, really. It's just that like, are really. So you're a fan now. Stories. You've expanded your horizons. Yeah, to and you know what? It's like fun delving into a world that I have never been a part of before, and yeah. the storytelling in comics is really dramatic and awesome <laughs> so like there's some, something that happens like every couple pages i'm like oh my god what's happening so then everything else probably like a jane austen novel is like super low-key oh there boring. are jane austen comic books oh, okay or comic books based on jane austen stories but then they probably dramatize it. i'm saying like for story arc you're like boom like something <laughs> like big's gotta happen it's kind of like a k-drama you can't have it be normal not like, always <laughs> there are like some like slice of life comics which is just like People hang. Oh out. yeah, I read. Yeah. Uh, I read a comic book called Day Trippers. Have mm-hmm. you read that one? I haven't. And that is definitely uh, like a slice of life yeah. of this one man throughout his. So it'll be like when he's twenty five, and then the next comic will be about when he's seventy. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I don't. know. I'm just gonna spoil it because <laughs> every comic he dies at the end. Oh wow! So at at the age of eleven, he like gets run over by a car, oh. and the comic is like leads up to that point and so that's very interesting so yeah, that he's very... born again at a different age no it's just mm-hmm. like what i think every chapter is like what if he dies at this age oh wow as opposed to dying at another age yeah wow it's a very interesting premise just think of it as like a series of black mirror episodes yeah yeah, yeah those are i feel like fun. that <laughs> something like day trippers works well as like an anthology yeah and just yeah how was your first con experience how long were you there for i was only there for thursday okay so I, before it gets wild <laughs> i drove down on thursday morning drove back up thursday night okay i didn't really want to be there for like the craziness of the weekend Thursday's a good day because you get you still get the whole floor but you don't get the crowds and the smells yeah so did was, you see any craziness i'm like no. At all, like Thursdays, that I didn't, I didn't see mellow. It was super mellow, and it was really, it was good. I mean, there were still like crowds for you know, there's lions to get into yeah. all the panels and stuff. Um, so I didn't really. Um, Did you see any um, cosplay people? I Are saw, this... I saw a couple. Okay, I don't know comic books well <laughs> yeah, enough I don't. to like recognize. But it's characters. just I kind of, kind of like just guessing there's people like extra dressed up in different. Yes, those people usually outfits. hang out in the mezzanine area, not in the actual floor. They're okay. like taking pictures. With yeah, everybody. they're like outside. Yeah. Oh, okay. and, yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, I definitely I wore overalls, so I was not <laughs> cosplaying. It's all good. <laughs> It's all good. Well, well Choi and I made it、um, Thursday afternoon, and we were passing by the Marvel booth, and they were having this big like, "We're going to have a big signing," and then we realized who it was, and it was Iron Fist. I was like, "Nah, we're going." We oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I too, I think I've been inspired right now to be more open minded because in general, I'm I don't consume enough content in general. I feel like I go back again. I just share the thing on Facebook about the meme of like scrolling through Netflix, watch The Office again. Like that is my life. I watch <laughs> the things that I've loved and watched millions of times.、Over. I don't repeat. You don't repeat. I don't. I'm repeat. the polar opposite. I I like I respect to, that. Yeah, I like to you know. Discover new things and yeah,、That's、I'm、awesome. the same way. I have some like comfort episodes that I go back to once in a while, but in general, I usually I'm always looking for new stuff.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, hats off to both of you. You're both an inspiration. <laughs> no, I really do. And I've and my brother, my brothers have been into comics and stuff too. So I'm like, I've been curious. There's comics comic for everybody.、Curious. Our yeah, friend Sarah Coon writes a clueless comic. I know, which is literally a sequel to the movie. That's what I think. I have very much like pigeonholed it into like. <laughs> The, only the superhero realm, and、yeah. so to understand that there's much more outside that. I will. I will yeah, there are, there are slice of life stories that. Yeah. So basically, and qu- last question on that, but what is the difference between a comic book and a graphic novel? Then, the are they the same thing? thing? I was going to say, say Marvin can answer that. Yeah, yeah. For they're the same. They're the no same.、Idea. Graphic、okay. novels is what adults say comic books, so we can say <laughs> comic books. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make it sound like、I'm、a little more graphic, more,、yeah. my, more highbrow. Yeah, okay. It's like it. when we say we, when we play video games that we're playing some digital entertainment. Oh, that's <laughs> hilarious. I've actually never heard that. I, I just made it up. <laughs> <laughs> Got it now. Well,、uh, that's awesome.、Um, let's talk about the reason why we brought you here, which is you're the spokesperson for this year's. HBO APA Visionaries、uh, Show Film Competition taking over for our friend Leo、uh, Leonardo Nam. Yeah, congratulations! Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I was so excited about it when I when I got the call. I was like, yes, especially because my short film from last year、mm-hmm. played at Cam and played at LA Asian Film Festival,、mm-hmm. and I'm such a friend of、uh, visual communications and Cape, and so I was just really honored because I was like, oh, these are all my people. So, <laughs> yes. so I already. I already know everybody, and I'm aware of the content that comes through these festivals. So、yeah. I was just really excited to be the ambassador. I was like, I am kind of the perfect choice for this. <laughs> Thank you. You Thank opened you. your eyes and realized <laughs> it's me. I love that though. Yeah. yeah. And your short film is now available on, to watch on Vimeo. Yeah, it's that- it's. Super you... free on Vimeo. <laughs> Just go to the search "Cowboy and Indian Sujata Day" and、yeah. it's up there. It's in very short, eight minute. I <laughs> have long thriller. We always love to get the inside scoop on like the process for that because for it's. I think the best part about filmmaking or creating anything really is that there's no. True roadmap or timeline, like you just kind of go about it the way you go about it. Because I know that there was one APA visionaries from this year. She made hers in like two weeks. She did it. The one on the cruise ship. Yeah, she R- did remittance. Yeah, yeah.、Uh, unbelievable. Ridic- you know, so good. Marty Gill.、Yeah. yeah, she shot it while during her family vacation on a cruise ship. And it was such a great, simple, awesome、mm. story. And the visuals there. There was a scene under the iceberg. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> that was like one of like, like the cruise excursions. So they ran up the. I think I'll just get this right now. <laughs> it was so dope. But it goes to show that you don't need like a huge like production to get into this festival. Like、no. Marty 
literally shot the whole thing, produced it, edited it in two weeks, and submitted it. Right. So cool. So I'm curious to know what your like was the was yours like plotted out more? Did you do it for like with an end end uh, goal in mind, or you just like this is a short that I want to make, or like my only goal was that I had never directed anything before, mm. so I knew that no one else was going to give me that opportunity. Yeah. So I am a writer and I was just like, I'm going to write something really simple um, and star in it. And then I'll just direct it because I'm not going to say no to myself. <laughs> <laughs> you got true. the job. <laughs> um, so as I was uh, probably like six months before I went out and shot it, I went out to Joshua Tree for the first time with a friend of mine who was shooting her music video. And she said, do you want to be in my music video? And I was like, yes, it'll be fun. So we were at Pioneer Town and I was just completely inspired by the environment mm-hmm. of Pioneer Town. And I don't know if you've ever been there, but the, it's it's like a ghost town that people People used to shoot old school cowboy films and Ooh. stuff. I mean, I've been yeah. to the ghost town on the way to Vegas. Which okay. ghost town? The Calico ghost town. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, I don't like ghost towns, so I avoid them. But, <laughs> but they're not literal ghosts. It's just... They're, yeah, it's, it's not. Okay. It's just like... It's, I know that, but I'm still... It's an abandoned town. I'm still... Yeah. A wuss. <laughs> we went to one with my family, and my brother scared the shit out of me in a hotel. Like that was very empty. So I don't so it's like the concept. I'm like, now nah, I'm good. Yeah, you guys go have fun. Yeah, there's but not. Anyway, there's not literal ghosts. I know. I'm just like that big or of a is scary there? guy. Or see, he would troll me and say that, <laughs> and that's why I don't go. And my brother does that. And he anyway. That's funny. But no, that's amazing that you went to Pioneer. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I've been to Joshua Tree, and like that whole that whole desert area. There's something so cool. like there's something there. silent and very like mystical and very yes, inspiring about very it. Very much. Could be yeah. ghosts. Your face is a ghost. Anyway. <laughs> so when I was out there, I was like, oh, uh, there's something here. I have an idea in my head that's about like cowboy and Indian, cowgirl and Indian. Like, what is it? So that was all just like germinating. And and the DP of the music video was like, well, I love shooting out here. So if you have an idea, I'll come back out with you. And I was like, okay, that's dope. Nice. So I got, got my DP on board. And then went back home, just wrote a very uh, short script that was uh, inspired by early Tarantino films. Mm-hmm. And um, it pretty much answers the question what if one of the brides in kill bill was indian Mm. so that is the premise of the short and uh i was doing my taxes that year and i saw that i had stocks in something and (laughs) and i didn't know what they were so (laughs) so i so i called uh and they were like oh these are from when you worked at accenture a business consulting firm after i graduated And the, and I was like, oh, how much? How much is there? And they were like fifty five hundred dollars. And I was like, send me the check. <laughs> and they were like, well, we don't recommend you cashing. I was like, send me the check. <laughs> I got a film to make. <laughs> so I used that money that I didn't realize I had to fund my short. Bonus good money is you. always good. Yeah. Yes. And and, and what was interesting is that I had already you know put it into production. So I'd already like written it. I was looking at Airbnbs out in mm-hmm. Joshua Tree. And the money just kind of came out of nowhere. And I feel like if you just start the process of producing something, you will get investors, yeah. you know, from wherever. Yeah. yeah. Even yeah. from yourself. Even- You're like, I'm <laughs> investing in my own. And now you have your directing credit. I have my yes. directing credit. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, which is dope. And then it got into, you know, I'm a big believer in creating stuff, even if it's not perfect yeah. and allowing yourself to fail and and I was just like, I will just be happy if this short like tells some semblance of a story. <laughs> and then I watched it and I was like, oh, this is like 
kind of what I wanted it to look like. This looks cool. It definitely tells. Like I, I, I watched it myself, yeah. and you know, it's it's the first like. 90% is one thing and then it turns into something else and yeah. it's super awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love, my favorite thing about shorts is if there's like a really fun twist. Yeah. You know, so so I was like, okay, I'm going to have the audience on a journey that they don't think they're taking. Yeah. Because a lot of people are like, oh my God, it's such a sweet love story. Then it's like, <laughs> oh. Never mind. Oh, oh, that's, that's yeah. not what's happening here. I, I love that story. Yeah. And I love it that, you know, that as a short film creator you're now advocating for this short film program because a lot of people are have those ideas in their heads but never put it down on paper or never like gather the resources that's what i'm saying i think it's so like you find that it's so rare for someone to have an idea and then to actually make it a reality there's a lot of steps involved and there's so many steps at which people stop because like you know like people will start a song or they'll start a film or something and they'll even get into pre-production or maybe even film it but they'll never edit it (laughs) or you know they'll edit but they won't add music or like something like and for you to go from idea to completion and then to get it into the program and then now to be the ambassador I don't know I feel like there's something very cosmic and very like full circle about that that's very important to convey to others yeah because I think you can get discouraged or distracted or whatever along the way at so many points. I yeah, mean, I think it's just like, just finish it. Yeah. Whatever yeah. you do, just, just finish do it. it. Where, whether it's a script, whether it's a, a web pilot, whether <laughs> it's a short, um, uh, anything. Yeah, and the HBO APA Visionaries contest is just the right kick in the butt people need to like get on. Because we have a lot of friends who, when, this, when the first contest was announced, like, Decided I'm gonna I'm gonna finish my film I'm gonna and Minji you've been in like several I was of in the two last year oh cool <laughs> and they're both going to different festivals so they didn't be, they didn't get to be they were considered but not ultimately the one of the three That's finalists awesome. but now I just found out last week that both of them are in two different film festivals now. That's yeah. all you can really ask good. for. And they were inspired because they treated the APA Visionaries, the HBO program, as their deadline. They're yeah. like, that was a goal, so they made it. They yeah. met the deadline, they didn't get it, but like, it's still, you know, It's still, you've there. created it's, something yeah. Yeah. that you can submit somewhere else. Yeah and, yeah, and now we have more directors, more actors, more people out there in these short films. No, not necessarily maybe winning the, the competition, but being out there like like every step yeah. is a huge step it's an important step without the competition they might have never even finished it. Got, oh yeah gotten the kick yeah. in the butt oh, yeah. yeah sometimes you need deadlines i get it yeah oh, deadlines <laughs> yeah. are so helpful <laughs> yeah they give me anxiety and hormonal acne and everything but they're worth it yeah. like, i was definitely the girl in college who like stayed up all night before the deadline. that was yeah. and then would turn it in at six in the morning be like death <laughs> For the entire day. What well, does the thing? I actually like. I think about it, and I think of my creative friends, even professional. A lot of them, I don't know that many people who don't procrastinate, <laughs> or like people operate differently yeah. under pressure. Do you know what I mean? Like you're right up against the deadline. You have two hours. Something's due, and like sometimes that can produce brilliance. Sometimes it'll just be crap. You might have come up with something better if you started earlier. <laughs> we'll never know because everyone does it late. I always give myself deadlines. That's good. Yeah, and I Do you stick to and them? I, and I allow myself to produce crap. So if I, I wrote a pilot once in three days and it was not great but I was like, <laughs> but you wrote yo, a pilot. I got 35 pages. Yeah, you and did. And it was the beginning, middle, and end. So you can always go back and fix stuff. I think, I mean, writing is all rewriting. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a. I, I do have friends who are perfectionists along the way while they're finishing their scripts, mm, especially first people. draft. Yeah. And I don't think that's like a good way because then you're you're going to take a year to do the first draft for real. 
Yeah. Very wise words. I'm always just, just get it done. Go back later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm all about pages. I'm all like, yeah. I'm like, okay, 10 pages a day. And then I do the 10 pages a day You're, until I'm done. Again, an inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious too, though. It's like, it, it's really I will crazy. say that I do not write every day, though. There are people who are writers and they write every day. I only write when inspiration hits. But then when you write, you like, you actually do it. Because people can oh, get yeah. inspired. I get inspired all the time. And then I'm like, well, that's nice. <laughs> I have a great, I have, oh my God, this, this film's going to win the HBO AP Visionaries. But don't you ever know? It never I, happened. I, I feel like you're taking notes all the time about stuff. I do take a lot of notes. Yeah. I write, I'm trying to make that a habit. Like if I have a, you know, light bulb go off, I try to write it down. And I've been a lot better about that. So for me, I'm trying to like, I guess I'm not even at the stage of like, I'm ready. I'm allowing myself to produce crap, like write crap. I'm like trying to get there to like, <laughs> I'm writing cr- random pieces of crap down to then right crap okay you need to get to the next step yeah i feel like (laughs) actually actually what in the recent i I wrote i did write i finished a pilot great yeah so that was a huge huge thing and that's because i worked with a friend who gave me deadlines and i felt very beholden to her and i was like okay yeah that's that's minji's secret pure pressure and not letting people down (laughs) it does it works i'm telling you i don't want to let people i care about down. i can let myself down which is not good (laughs) but i'm working on that Speaking of deadlines, when is the deadline for the this year's HBO Visionaries? It's November 14th. Yeah. So you got a couple months, Minji, to get okay, your... Okay. I'm on it. <laughs> and your reward can be, you know, a huge turkey Thanksgiving dinner. That's yes. true. Or tofurkey. Yeah, whatever your whatever your thing. Or turducken. How are you making your turkey? I don't know why. How are you making your turkey this year? Um, Minji's a, a turkey I'm artist. I'm a huge Thanksgiving fanatic. Oh, wow. okay. I've been cooking Thanksgiving dinner since I was 15. That's amazing. It's more than half my life. Um, we haven't decided yet. I don't know why I said we, because it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> all getting, the people in your head. All the people, all the personalities. Your entire family's coming. We're going to brainstorm. I think that's a show idea right there, just giving you giving you that. Thank you. That little, I, think I would go with that. That little gift. You can check out how to apply and submit for the HBO APA Visionaries by going to the website, hbovisionaries.com. Very simple. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Collabcast. Uh, the Collabcast, of course, is a program of collaboration, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment, discovering, developing, showcasing, and connecting to creative talents of the Asian American community in North America and beyond. Uh, you can learn more about collaboration by going to our website at www.collaboration.org. The Collabcast is also a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian American hosted podcasts bringing you unique voices and stories from the Asian American community. If you like the Collabcast, you check out one of our other great programs, such as First of All. First of All is the personal podcast of my co-host, Minji Chang, where she talks about all types of topics that are near and dear to her, such as love, career, filmmaking, and the trials and tribulations of being a female in today's world. You can find First of All and the other great programs of the Potluck Collective by going to our website at www.podcastpotluck.com. This episode of the Collabcast was also recorded at the Potluck Podcast Studio, located in the Visual Communications Office in Little Tokyo. Visual Communications, of course, is an organization that develops and supports the voices of Asian American and Pacific Islander media artists who empower communities and challenge perspectives. You can learn more about their programs, such as the Academy Award Qualifying Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival at vconline.org. So I have a question about how you because you're you're singing the praises of like cape and and vc and it's crazy because a lot of the people that we've met um 
we meet we meet so many different artists from so many different backgrounds. And I'm curious to know what your origin story is because I personally don't know that many people. And I think this is kind of signifying this growth and maturing of all these artists that you're like you're on an HBO show and it's awesome. But you have your roots in like community, you know, like the grassroots uh, film festivals that have been, been been there since like how long? Like de- uh, you know, Years. decades. Like, like 14, it's 15, been a long time. Yeah. yeah. So how did you? How did you? Like, what was your origin story with VC and Cape? Well, I it was great because Cape reached out to me about two and a half years ago. Oh, cool. And, and I had never heard of Cape. So they were like, hey, I believe it was via Twitter. And they're like, we're trying to get more South Asians involved in Cape. Can you do you want to meet up? And then maybe you can, you know, bring some of your friends along. And I was like, oh, this is great. And and I loved just kind of the casualness of all that. And I love um, the idea of just us all banding together and we should all definitely band together to succeed and mm-hmm. we need to support each other's projects. And um, there are so many different kinds of Asians. And yeah. I think every single story, every single person has a very unique story. Mm-hmm. And so it's exciting that we're all now, I think we are all supporting each other. And it was great because Cape just invited me to like chat with them and Love then it. and then I found out about visual communications and I was like oh this is cool um and then cam is another you know organization our friends up really, in the bay yeah, yeah. they're yeah. so dope and that that festival was so fun that's where I premiered oh cool and they, it was right before LA Asian Film Festival and they just really took care of us and one of my other writer director friends Tanud Chopra who you oh, guys love yeah. awesome. he's yeah. so dope he's hilarious and so he I, I went and saw his film up there Chi and T was playing mm. in the same festival and I mean we were just singing the praises of yeah we need we all need to band together yeah regardless of what kind of asian we are mm-hmm. um nobody saw my quotes my finger quotes on <laughs> they're there <laughs> but i did felt it <laughs> i mean it's it goes to like the more people that are making telling stories creating stories the more people can get represented so like yes. so that one one thing doesn't have to be everything right you can have your you can have a breadth of stories from our communities um, I, I will say something i went to a screening of crazy rich asians mm-hmm. and it was so i mean inspiring and lovely and no part of me was like this is not my story right do you know what i'm saying i was mm-hmm. just like oh my gosh i forgot how much i missed romantic comedies <laughs> i felt that way too and i was yeah. like ah this, I was like, this is, is adorable this is just like an old school romantic comedy where it's got all the feelings it's got the you know the funnies yeah and a lot of funny a lot of funnies <laughs> yeah. and i I was just really appreciative that this is coming out and it's a studio movie and and I'm happy to support. Awesome. I love it. I'm glad that you enjoyed it because I think there's been some anxiety from like different people about how people would react to the film and there's always going to be the trolls and the naysayers. And then there's also kind of this this anxiety that we're in this new era where everyone's pushing the diversity agenda for, which is great. And then everyone's trying to figure out how to do that. Um, whether that's like, okay, we have to make sure that there's a brown person and a yellow person and, you know, <laughs> in everything. But they're also like people really care, like, is the story authentic? Is it true? Is it, you know, is it saying something worth telling? I will like, say that something that I've learned and found from pitching this past year 
people are really interested in the authentic story. Yeah. And and it's like, why are you the person to tell this story? I think that's what you should ask yourself. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like that's why we're seeing like the Asian st- like the Asian American story break into the mainstream through rom coms because what's more what's more authentic than love, right? <laughs> yeah, it's such a universal emotion that yeah. everybody feels and it is something I mean romantic comedies in Western film have sort of died off. Yeah. They have. So the fact that when I was watching, I was like, oh my God, this is so great. <laughs> you know? Um, it just reminded me of like 10 things I hate about you, or, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you can't see my face, but I'm making the oh. 27 dresses, just yes. all those like yeah. really fun movies. We were at a screening of To All the Boys of Love before, uh, which is oh, another cool. rom com coming out cute. that same week. And Everyone was like, where was this when I was a I'm kid? I'm so jealous of teenagers. I'm like, I want this. I, I wanted, th- I mean, I had Clueless and all that it was great, but I really want this one. It's really cute. I was like, we had She's All That and She's All That was fun too. Yeah. But this is really cute. And I just feel like it's really well told. It's very, and like you're saying, authentic. It's a real story about like, this is what it's like to be an actual teenager. Yeah. And be insecure and be, and speaking of, I actually wanted to ask that. I was like, I didn't even mean for that to happen. Yeah. But um, I mean, let's um, roll back. Like, so you grew up in, in Pennsylvania, right? Yes, Pittsburgh, <laughs> the suburbs of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. How did you, were you um, like, you know, your origin story? Were you one of the only Asian kids in your school or were you like amongst other, like, were you in the enclave? I was one of the Asian kids in my school of like, my high school had 2,000 kids and I think <laughs> there were five minorities in the entire oh, school. Wow. There was a black guy that played football, <laughs> black girl that was in the band, um, like one other kind of East Asian mm-hmm. and then it was me and like two other Indian Americans. Um, I will say that I did, I did not have that like confused identity mm-hmm. life growing up because we, a lot of um, Indian immigrants settled in the Pittsburgh area cause there's three temples out there. Mm. Oh. So I went to Hindu camp Okay, very nice. And it was really fun. And I went to the temple to take Bharatanatyam dance classes every week. So I had my white friends from school. And And you had your culture. And then I had my culture on the weekends and in the summertime. So I was never confused between them. And Mm -hmm. I I speak fluent Bengali. And um, it it was just one of those things where... each group of friends like respected the other group of friends. Yeah. So sometimes at my birthday parties, they would all be there and they would all be friends with each other. That's pretty cool. It's it's amazing how rare that story is usually, especially in cases of people growing up like the Midwest or the East Coast, where they where identity becomes kind of something there, especially their ethnic identity becomes something that they have a lot of shame over. Yeah. And. Yeah. Uh, that's cool that here. you're yeah it's yeah i would i loved having friends over and then talking bengali to my mom and just talking about <laughs> them like throwing their name in and they'd be like what are you saying about me <laughs> that's great yeah, yeah you wonder you keep wondering <laughs> <laughs> you keep i'm not gonna tell you i'm not telling you it's cool so keep doing you were you uh, so I, I i read that you 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 have an engineering degree i do uh, but were you always were you always a drama kid uh, I, so when I was younger, about like five, six, seven, my brother and I used to put together a talent show and, <laughs> and he was more of a, Love it. he was more of a sports guy. Mm. So during the talent show, he would like do push ups and like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what he would do. Like, I guess it's a talent. <laughs> what, what a bro, bro. <laughs> what a bro. And, and he's a physical trainer now. So I love like, it. <laughs> he, he came into his own. He this, knew what he wanted. It was then. all revealing of your true yeah, yeah. And then I would, I would come in and sing a 
song or recite a poem or dance, <laughs> and and uh, the bed would be the stage, and <laughs> the floor would be where the, the audience, audience the slash wow. my parents sat, and I would char- charge a quarter, <laughs> and and so my parents had to pay me to watch a show. Oh my god, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love it. And um, so that's where it sort of began, mm. and then I caught the bug when I was okay so when I was in middle school I really wanted to be a part of something so I tried out for everything so we had I tried out for the swim team it was the first time they had cuts they had (laughs) I tried out for tennis I tried out for track and field I tried out for basketball. I actually made it in eighth grade. Okay. Made the team because I was in. I was a hard worker. It's not because I was like a good <laughs> basketball player. Um, we had a rifle team. Oh wow! And, and I went downstairs in the basement. I was like, "Can I join the rifle team?" And they're like, "Have you ever held a gun before in your life?" And I was like, "No, but I I'll learn." Yeah, can't you teach me? And, and they were like, "No." Oh. I was like, "Okay, cool, cool." And then I was like, "Oh, there's auditions for this musical." And I was like, "I'll try out for this musical." And it was Guys and Dolls, and and I made it as the ensemble. I was a yeah. hot box dancer, and <laughs> love. Um, I had like one line, and it made everyone laugh every night. And I was like, "Oh wow, I want to do this for the rest right? of my life." But I kept it a secret, uh-huh. you know. But my parents were very supportive. They came to my show every night, and um, they brought me flowers and. <laughs> You know, but I, I feel like with immigrant parents, they're like, oh, this is a great hobby. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is such a nice little a side great, activity. Yeah, and they're like, you're in your all your AP classes, AP Bio, AP Calc. Um, I was on a math and science track very early on, mm. and it was it came easy to me. So it just made sense yeah. to go into engineering, which is my dad has a PhD in mechanical engineering. Mm. So I just th- did that and... And I realized kind of midway through. No one's clapping at you for that. (laughs) No one's laughing. They're not laughing. You don't don't get the payoff. (laughs) So I realized midway through my engineering degree, I was like, oh, I really like don't want to do this for the Mm. rest of my life. But then I was like, I'm going to finish this. I, I masterminded this plan where I got a job with Accenture after college mm-hmm. and they flew me out to LA and it was I was it like that's a perfect plan. <laughs> I was the highest paid yeah. graduate out of out of college. Wow. And um yeah, and then with consulting, you don't work unless you're on a project. Right, right. So oh. so I just tried never to get on a project. <laughs> <laughs> he was on the bench the entire time. <laughs> Yeah. I'm hired. I'm here. I, I might have, but I'm not playing. Yeah, I might have. I think I was on a project for like two weeks that entire year, and I'm still I'm still on salary, girl. <laughs> and how do I get that job? And and when I was on a project, I got in at nine, and everyone was still working at five p.m. But I was like packing my bags and leaving, <laughs> and they're like, "Where are you going?" Because they would work until like ten, you know, yeah. yeah, or they would come in like seven a.m. to ten p.m. when you're on a project. And I was like, uh, it's 5 p.m. Isn't this like a nine to five job? Clocking out, baby. <laughs> and they were like, I, I got let go of that project, but still was put on the bench. And yeah. Yeah. That's some next level. Like. I love it. And and while I was on the bench, I would I would not go into work because all my phone calls could go to my cell phone. Right. So I would go to acting class, get my headshots, do auditions. Go di- auditions. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do improv, whatever you need to do. Getting yeah. paid the whole time. <laughs> Brilliant. I am, again, you're an inspiration. It just keeps growing. 
This is fabulous. Strategy, guys, for those of you who are aspiring, you can do it. Make yeah. it work. Yeah. That's incredible. So what was like, what was the, when did you leave Accenture? When it was, what was the departure from the, the bench? They actually, <laughs> they actually let me go, which was still awesome because I got uh, unemployment and I got severance. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm still like taking my acting classes, collecting my severance, and um, and I was I had beginner's luck with commercials right away. So I booked three commercials in a row, and then nice. that's when I kind of revealed to my parents because I think with any kind of immigrant parents, they want to know: Can you take care of yourself? Mm -hmm. Can you pay the rent? Mm -hmm. Can you feed yourself? Mm -hmm. Those are literally the three questions. Yeah, and so they saw how much money I was making from the commercials, and they're like, "Okay, this is this sounds okay," and obviously still kind of judgmental about it <laughs> right you know? i mean i think it's like one part is okay so this is an actual job which is great but at the same time there's always this and i know minji's talked about this before this like aversion to the performing arts as like a career well, yeah i have, mean my right? parents had the same thing and I, I went to cal and was on the pre-med track very stem focused and then it was just kind of like it was those things the stability and security but it was also for them just like in general just judging hollywood like it wasn't their dream that their daughter would like in my parents like my dad was just like thinking it's a bunch of drug addicts and prostitutes you know what I mean I think my parents so. definitely had a view of Hollywood that stemmed from Bollywood uh -huh. so they were like they all they all do drugs and they, yeah, they're yeah. all like cheating on each other yeah and yeah like, yeah you know it's one big orgy basically <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that's what you're so they, they, signing their up for. idea of hollywood was what was in like the star magazines yeah, from, yeah. from bollywood like tabloids and stuff tabloid yeah. stuff and i was like that's not what i'm doing out here yeah i'm like working at a restaurant <laughs> and I'm, <laughs> I'm taking improv classes i'm taking learning, improv at ucb yeah learning how to be a gift giver <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah. what acting is exactly <laughs> Well, yeah. Good for you, though. I mean, that it seems like I love that it's so clear for you when you knew, but then you also like entertain and did, and you completed those other things that you were like committed to, while also getting yours. Like, I love it. Yeah. Like, ultimately, this is what I want to do, and you went for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah. And now you're the HBO AP Visionaries ambassador. <laughs> it all I, makes sense. I know. Yeah. That's really cool. The road to ambassadorship. Yeah. <laughs> Charging your parents a quarter yeah. for I mean, your performance. I mean, Value like, yourself. I wonder if back then they started realizing, well, oh, what's happening? What's, Is this something we should be worried about? My dad was worried. He's like, he tells me now, and now I'm in my 30s, he's like, I knew it. Like, you watched way too much TV, and you cared way too much about what was happening in those movies. Like... I was like, yeah, you know, I knew. I think my parents were suspicious when they're when we did like college application essays and they were like, What's your favorite magazine? And you're supposed to say something really smart, mm -hmm. you know, and I wrote Entertainment Weekly. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, What kind of college are you gonna get into? <laughs> <laughs> that is gonna <laughs> care about that and I was like well I went to tech school so yeah. they were obviously into it I'm showing yeah. them I'm well rounded I have different <laughs> interests okay so let's talk about uh, Insecure HBO how did you get involved yes. with because you, you started out with the original web series yes. Awkward Black Girl yeah um, so I oh my gosh I think now it's like seven and a half eight years ago, I decided to delete my Facebook, 
bold. Before it was cool to delete Facebook. <laughs> and I was Trailblazer, like, basically. Trailblazer. <laughs> Trailblazer. <laughs> and I, uh, I was like, okay, well, I need another social media. Like, what should I join? So I was like, Twitter sounds fun. <laughs> so then I joined Twitter and then... Um, I was following all these kind of film groups. There was film TV diversity and they would tweet out, oh, here's like a producer you should follow. Here's an actor. Here's a director. And so I would just follow all of them <laughs> that they told me to follow because, you know, at that point, yeah. there's like 20 people total on Twitter. <laughs> and- <laughs> the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and Issa Ray was one of them. Yeah. So followed her. She followed me back. And then a couple days later, she tweeted out, um, I'm looking for a mixed looking girl to play my best friend on a web series. And I wrote her and I said, I'm not... Uh, I'm not mixed, but mm-hmm. this is what I look like. Here's my picture. Let me know if I can audition. Mm-hmm. And she she said, yeah, come on in. So then I go to the address and it was her house. And I was like, <laughs> oh, this is shady. <laughs> um, for those who are listening, you should never go to an audition at a house. I've done these and those were not the good ones. <laughs> yes. But this was Issa's place I, I in know. Baldwin Hills. And, um, and I was actually ready to drive off until she came out and she was on the phone. And I was like, oh, well, it's a girl. You know, what could happen? <laughs> she looks nice. <laughs> she, looks nice. she looks nice. And so I went in, did the audition. Um, um, and then a couple hours later, she's like, you got the job. And I was like, oh, sweet. And it was like, not going to get paid for this web series. And I was like, all right, cool. And then like about a month or so later, went back to Inglewood to shoot uh, one of the first scenes. And it was just Issa, me and her brother who was on a camera yeah. or a phone or something that camera something phone. that recorded it <laughs> was a recording that wasn't device like super legit yeah, yeah there yeah. was there was no sound there it was just like the the microphone on the camera and um and we shot the hallway scene from i believe episode 3 or 4 and that was it took 20 minutes <laughs> and then we were done and so was like thank you so much and then and then i left and i was like what did i get myself into <laughs> I was like, ugh, why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep taking free, free jobs? Mm-hmm. And then it was just, you know, you know the story from there. It yeah. kind of just ballooned and we we got a huge audience from no PR and just people sharing it. And um, it was just such a great flashpoint of like, like you said, the, the, the beginnings of Twitter, the beginnings of social media and just this stories that haven't been heard before really resonating right and it's right. a story like by now it's like it's it's an old story but people are still learning it yeah but that's yeah and then, on like on the scale that it's being learned right now yeah. there's a lot of still new people that have <laughs> never seen stories like this yeah. before yeah what happened when did you uh, when you learned that it was going to become a hbo series so you... there were a couple steps before that yeah. and there was uh so we did a kickstarter episode seven season one and then raised more money than we asked for and we're like mm-hmm. oh that's cool so then shot three more episodes and then um or maybe shot five more episodes and i don't i don't know if people know this if they haven't watched Augur black girl donald glover was in our season one series finale hey <laughs> no big deal <laughs> no big deal whatever um so that's pretty cool and all the episodes are still up on youtube and and then pharrell joined uh called up Issa and was like i would like to finance season two so then he financed season two and we started getting paid and so that was cool <laughs> um and and you can actually what's really cool about the series is you can watch 
the the improvement in production quality and yeah, storytelling yeah. from episode one to the last episode of season two. You're like, oh, cool. And it, I think it's really educational to look at that growth. Um, and I believe it was uh, maybe a year after season two came out that it was announced that Issa got uh, a pilot deal with HBO. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And so that was all really <laughs> exciting for us. And none of us were... We all knew it wasn't going to be awkward black girl, mm-hmm. you know, so we were just excited and happy for Issa to take whatever it was to take her talent to the next level. Yeah. Um. So when I got the call from Issa, she's like, hey, there's like a small part in the pilot for you. I was like, I'll do it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care what it is. I'll I'm do there. it. I'm there. And um and just going to set on the pilot of an HBO show and having a trailer <laughs> from from like Issa's dad's doctor's office in Inglewood was like just kind of mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a great story. And I've honestly I've loved the pilot when I watched Insecure, I was like, I feel seen. <laughs> just like just I don't know. I, I personally like it it doesn't it doesn't strike you until you see it. Like how much you don't you haven't seen something, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Like I was like, I've been missing this. Yeah. <laughs> I that's just how I felt, and I was like so tickled by it. I was there so is happy. nothing like insecure on television. Yeah, and I I didn't know Issa Rae before I watched the pilot, and I was just like, I love this girl. I love this woman. Yeah, she's just wonderful. Yeah, and I support her a thousand percent. I went on Instagram, I followed her. I was like, yes, queen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So it's really refreshing. So I'm very like I'm very so stoked for all of you guys to like have this and to know the story too of how it started with just whatever recording device it was yeah. with no sound twenty minutes. Like humble beginnings out, you know, yeah. just gotta take the risk. Yeah, and I think it's hard to kind of hear uh someone tell you to create your own work if they haven't done it before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I've noticed that there there will be like movie stars or television stars that are like, well, if you want to see story, your own stories out there, just like write them yourself. And you're like, well, you are making like $20 million a year. <laughs> yeah. So I don't – and you've never had to struggle. But just going through the whole process, you know, side by side with Issa yeah. and we've seen, you know – I've been through like the highs and the lows and just like knowing what you go through. It's it's just it's a no brainer to create your own work. Right. Yeah. Regardless of how much money you have or everybody has a phone now. So shoot yeah. it on your phone. Yeah. So I'm sure that experience I'm guessing and you correct me if I'm wrong, but is is that how it really gave you a lot of that confidence to like for your short and everything. It's just oh, like yeah. hi, fifty oh, five hundred yeah. random dollars I didn't know I had. <laughs> done like definitely gave you that confidence yeah she's Issa's such an inspiration to me to create my own work and as as soon as you know I saw awkward black girl was getting this audience I was like oh well I could you know do the Indian brown girl story and I want to get that out there so she's been really supportive of you know other people's work love it yeah we need more brown stories of all shape sizes lengths uh, genres (laughs) everything yeah. yes yeah it's exciting so time. what else are you working on now are you are you are you working on any more of your own stuff are you i know you've been also like guest starring in a lot of shows too yeah yeah i've been i've been pitching a lot of my own stuff i wrote a feature that i'm <sighs> planning to shoot in october i have zero money for it right now but i 
think it'll just like pull through. It will yeah. pull through, and Cheers. we're gonna manifest that via this podcast. Hello, what I'm saying. <laughs> if you got money, um, <laughs> and then I, uh, I've been pitching shows. I'm going out to pitch two shows in September with really great production companies. One is. Uh, Based on the cowboy and Indian film, oh. kind of veers from that though. Okay, so, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. Tell a whole new story. I can, I can, I can go for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that 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 would be a half hour dramedy, and the other one's a half hour comedy. Okay, um, about an Indian family because we know we need one of those. Yes, yeah. we do. <laughs> um, and then I just wrapped shooting uh, my first lead in an independent feature. Yes, oh, wow. I mean, it was so. Okay. And it's called Blowing Up Right Now. And um, they actually already have the first cut of the movie. They had an editor on set, which was really cool. <laughs> so they... That's impressive. Yeah. They had the first cut, I think, like four days after we wrapped, which oh, wow. is insane. That's crazy. And they have a really great track record of like go- doing well at festivals and then getting distribution. So I was just like really excited to be a part of that project. And it was really, really fun. We're going to keep awesome. an eye on that blowing yeah. up right now. Everything's coming up suchata. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for coming and chatting with us on, on our podcast. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah. Best of luck for your future endeavors. Um, again, Sujata is the spokesperson for the 2019 uh, HBO APA Visionaries short film competition. And if she hasn't inspired you to create your own film to submit to it, I don't know what will. And the deadline is November 14th. Yeah. Get on it. <laughs> Get on it. And you got to come back because we got to talk about all your future premieres and all the stuff you're going to make. So yeah. Yeah. we're excited for everything to come. I'll any, come back anytime. Any like uh, inspiring words for anyone who might be thinking of, of submitting for, for this year's competition? Yes. Don't be afraid to fail. And don't be a perfectionist about your work. Just get it out there. It's all about the story anyway. Usually when I'm watching a short or even a feature, I can forgive uh, camera work. I can't really forgive sound, so pay for sound. Yes. (laughs) So, 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 so important. Pay for sound. But I can forgive camera work and just be like, oh, that's that's the style that the filmmaker was going for. (laughs) As long as it's a great story about characters that you really care about. And, um, yeah, don't be afraid to fail. Yeah. Well, uh, if people want to find you on the social media on the social media, <laughs> on social media, where where can they go? Um, at Sujata Day on Twitter, Instagram. I'm on Facebook, but I don't really use it. No. Yeah. Yeah. So- <laughs> <laughs> you came back only a little bit. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Um, and thank you, listeners, for listening to this episode of the Collabcast. Uh, if you want to send us an email, you can always do so at podcast at collaboration.org. We are a program of collaboration, nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment. Uh, this podcast was recorded at Visual Communications. Um, they are another nonprofit organization that develops and supports the voices of Asian American and Pacific Islander media artists who empower communities and challenge perspectives. You can learn more about the program, such as their Academy Award qualifying Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival at VC Online. Org. Um, special thanks to uh, Big Phony, Bobby Choi, for use of his song Bedford Stop for this week's intro and outro. And yeah, don't forget to subscribe to us, send us a review. Yeah, yada, Give us yada, all the yada, love. Yada. We, yeah. we, we live off of that. It's our fuel. <laughs> thanks so much, uh, and we'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye. So, how you doing now, sister?
call it 